Welcome to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm L.A. Noss, and since 2014, we've been celebrating and commiserating with world-class experts, best-selling authors like today, and parents around the world. Hi, everybody. I just had to re-record that little intro that I've done, uh, what, 216 times or something like that? That's how many episodes we have in our archives. So go check them out through AtomicMoms.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, and while you're there, please leave a review at iTunes.com backslash Atomic Moms. Okay. I had to re-record my little intro because I got all choked up because I'm anxious. Why am I anxious? Our topic today is anxiety and also because... I have Jordan Reed sitting across from me in real life, uh, which is crazy because we met, I don't know how long ago, I was pregnant with my second child, Eliza. It was before I was put on modified bed rest. We did a phone call interview because she had a book coming out with her girlfriend, Erin Williams, who was also a guest, I think a week later. You guys are all remembering this, I'm sure. And it was the big fat activity book for pregnant people. people. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's pretty PC. I like that. Pregnant Thank you. Well, yeah. There are many different types. Yeah. So I have a picture I'm going to share where I'm so pregnant, like in the LBGYN chair with that book. And oh, I was really? like, yeah. I love it. It was that. so fun. Oh, thank you. Um, loved that book. Loved our conversation. I feel like I know you also from your blog that is, you know, Everybody knows Ramshackle Glam. <laughs> Go to it, ramshackleglam.com. I know. I walked in here and I was like, hey, girl, what's up? I know. I was like, we've, ne- <laughs> we've never actually <laughs> Can met. I use your bathroom? Um, <laughs> hi, dog. <laughs> like I just went straight to being like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming in. We know each other. Yeah. Even I even dressed up for you. I appreciate it. I look it. really good, you guys. I mm-hmm. look spectacular today. Should we tell everybody <laughs> what you're wearing? We got full sweatsuit action. Definitely have a booger from my daughter on it. Um, I have like some epic bags going under my eyes. You see them? Yeah. Yeah, they're sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) Since we already gave you such a buildup, let me let our our new listeners uh, learn a little bit more about you. Jordan Reed is the founding editor of the lifestyle blog, Ramshackle Glam, and the author of two parenting and style memoirs. Her hobbies include creating unnecessary complications, (laughs) insomnia, and maintaining an impressive collection of fake plants. She lives in California with her two children, elderly Shih Tzu, and twin orange cats. And so, again, everybody, we are talking about anxiety today. (sighs) Last time we spoke, I titled our episode Mother of Reinvention, and I feel like you really ran with that. Yes. The volume of crap that has changed in my life since the crap, because it's all good, Um, since the last time I saw you is Legion. Okay. So give us a quickie. Well, since I last saw you, yeah, um, for, I kicked off 2018 with an ectopic pregnancy. So that was that landed me in the hospital, and we got to explain that a little bit for listeners because they're going to be like, "What is that?" I know. Okay, so it's now, or do you want me to just do it later? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll circle back to Maybe it. We'll circle back. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, make it quick, but then explain every detail. 
<laughs> but there was a lot. So, okay. So I started the year with that. That was January. This is 2018. In May, um, my husband and I separated. We were divorced by October. I got in a car with my furious cats that hated me because I put them, you know, I jammed them into their little carrier thing together into one, just miserable. Um, and I drove a little trailer down to Southern California and I live here now with my children and my ha- cats, which are happier now because they just eat lizards all day long and my elderly Shih Tzu. And now I'm here and I'm a single mom now. And I like, I'm dating for the first time in uh, since I put it this way, I met my ex-husband on MySpace. <laughs> yeah. So that, that'll en- tell you how long ago I was single. And you also had gotten engaged in six weeks. Yes. We got, we met on MySpace uh, six weeks later. Literally we had been in each other's faces because he lived in New York and I lived in LA for 14 days total had seen each other. And he proposed because I am that good in bed. I don't think it was about that. <laughs> Although I feel like we joke. are They're like, are you just really <laughs> We were engaged. <laughs> and I was like, uh, no, I don't know what happened. I think we just like fell madly in love. Yeah. We, my husband and I were living together at six weeks. Oh, really? And then engaged at three months. I don't think I knew that. So, and then we got married a year after that. And I was 23 when we got engaged. And... Yeah, I mean, things were definitely more exciting back then. <laughs> but it but, was, um, you were down the street, weren't you? I was you know, reading up on you. You were like in Silver Lake. Uh, I lived in Hollywood and then I lived, this was during my like bad girl, party girl LA years. Um, I lived in Hollywood and then I lived in Sherman Oaks. Okay. So you were literally down the street yeah. when you met. Oh, him. yeah. Okay. So how many years were you guys married? We were married for 10 years. Two kids. Almost to the day. Two kids. So this has been crazy. Like, it's been almost a year now since we separated. And the past year, I knew it would be hard, but it's, like, really hard. Like, really hard. Um, and, you and like, the roller coaster of emotions. And I was saying, like, I feel like I've been on this adrenaline high for, like, mm-hmm. a year. And I'm just coming off it now. And I'm, like, super depressed. But my best friend said to me, she was like, I really like you depressed. You're so cute. <laughs> You're so relaxed. And I was like, what? I'm not like a manic elf like usual. <laughs> she was like, yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's like you're so real. <laughs> you seem so grounded. <laughs> just, you're just I'm like, just really tired and sad. <laughs> yes. Well, it's similar to the, the idea of <clears throat> and like everyone can hear my voice just <laughs> tightening up. Because, oh, my God. Okay, Ellie, relax. Um, It's similar to the idea of being like, oh, my God, you look so great. And it's like, yeah, I've I've had the flu or I've been really sick. (laughs) (laughs) I I haven't been eating. (laughs) You look amazing. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no one's saying that to me lately, though. The (laughs) looking great part? No, they're like, are you okay? I'm like, nah. I mean, I'm okay. It's just navigating two kids alone, effectively. I mean, we have shared custody, but he lives up in San Jose, so there's a lot of driving back and forth. I'm dri- Today, after I leave here, I'm driving for six hours, and then on Mother's Day, I'm doing it again. It's going to be an amazing Mother's Day. I can't wait. Where do you spend—do you spend the time up in San Jose, or do you drive yeah. back again? 
Uh, no, I know. I stay there for the weekend when I bring them up. With Because I have, no, because I just have all these friends up there from when I lived there. But so it's nice. I get to hang out with my, my girls and I miss them. Yeah. Oh, it's been a lot. And I wrote a book. <laughs> and you wrote a book about anxiety. about anxiety. And you started the book about anxiety, I'm guessing, before. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think we finished it. Stuff. I think we finished it before all this divorce stuff because that's how the, slow the publishing world is. Oh, yeah. <gasps> Yeah, I know. I remember thinking when we handed it in, I was like, oh, I want, you know, it feels so topical right now. I wonder if it'll still be relevant when it comes out. <laughs> it just gets crazier and crazier. I know. And uh, that's true with the whole world. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget, we were at my grandparents' cottage in northern Michigan, whole family sitting around. And this was years and years ago. I think it was before Sabrina was born. So, okay, so it was like six years ago, and I was sharing that I was writing a book about anxiety called Calm the F*** Down, and it was about my attempts to overcome my anxiety. And I remember my grandmother, who had had quite a few glasses of wine at the time, saying, well, what do you have to be anxious about? Right. And I was like, oh, this is part of it. Yeah. So what, Jordan, would you say— leading up to this book, like, what did you have to be anxious about? Like, I think the critical voices in my head, like the tribunal of assholes would, could oh, easily like point out. Tribunal of assholes. Well, you know, you're, you and I both share yeah. mothers who are partners at their law firms. So right. tribunal of assholes. Yes. Wow. I feel like yes. that's like a, it's great. comes from that. that. But part of my anxiety comes from that my grandmother's voice being like, what do you have to be anxious mm-hmm. about? Well, so, that's that. That's it. That's why it took me so long to get help. So I, I had insomnia and I, I don't mean like, mm, I can't sleep. I mean like literally awake all night. I would hallucinate a banana, like a little tiny banana sitting in my cupboard that would talk to me because that's how little I was sleeping. And like, could like, because re- it makes you crazy if you don't sleep. Like you, you lose basic motor functions. Like it's really bad. And I had this for 10 years in addition to like the crazy, like the ruminative thoughts and like just like the concept of death existing was, I was mm-hmm. like, I, but how do you go through the day when there's death in the, whatever, like really mm-hmm. it's like unsolvable problems, <laughs> I would call those. And my parents, like, uh, you know, I grew up in a family that was like, to get over it. Like don't like medication and therapy, please. Those are for weak people. Those are for people who are really sick. Like if you have a diagnosed, you know, which I have now, I have a diagnosis, but, um, you know, and so I, I thought, get over it. Like this, this is within the spectrum of normal. Um, and, and it's true, some anxiety is within the spectrum of normal, but at a, when it comes to a point when it starts impacting your health and your life, that's not, you don't have to live like that. And it was really empowering to finally say, I, you know, I need, I, this, I can't live like this. But what do we have to be anxious about? It's the human condition. <laughs> My therapist was say, saying to me, you know, feel your feelings. Yesterday she said this, like express, like you're allowed to be sad. Like you're allowed to not laugh off mm-hmm. this crap that's been happening to you. And I was like, but come on. Like in the, like look at it in the bigger picture. I'm so lucky, really. Like I'm so lucky. My children are healthy. I have a beautiful house. Like they, they're, they're, 
we have enough money to pay for food. Like, they're, like I'm very lucky. And she was like, well, then that's nice. Those are nice things to be grateful for. But that doesn't mean that you can't also have bad feelings. You are allowed to be both grateful and sad. I just feel my feelings like three months later. <laughs> like, oh, no, that was awful. Like, I'll be like, what was, what is wrong? Ah! Like, oh, yeah, three months ago I right. had surgery. <laughs> oh, three months ago I was <laughs> verbally attacked by my dry cleaner. <laughs> or <laughs> three months, you know. Wow, that sounds oh, like a good I have verbal audio. Attack. You do? Yeah. Wow. I'm not going to share it because I don't want it to him. I don't want his business to get shut down. <laughs> but it was that bad. Okay, well, so when we're done with this, you're going to have to share this. Yeah, I will. I want to hear um, it. So that's something that I have struggled with myself. It's like there's, especially if you're of any sort of perfectionistic tendencies, um, this idea that, well, first of all, that you can't show your weakness, right? That's really scary to do and you don't want to get attacked for it. Right. And you have commenters and... Oh, yeah. And so I'm sure it's extra scary to like go through this transitional period. It is when I don't actually know what I'm doing. Yeah, like you haven't and, figured out the happy ending yet. No. And so it's – but you still are on the treadmill of right. creating content. Well, what's interesting is I also, with all of the, the commenters and internet trolls and people letting me know I'm doing it wrong every day, I've sort of gotten acclimated to that. That's fine. Um, it really is. I'm, I'm sort of like, mm. But I always had my husband. Like he, I, he was always there reminding me that – Someone says I'm a shit mom, and he and he was always there to say, no, you're not. You're not. And I know that, and you know that, and you're not. And then when you go through a divorce, we, we're, we're getting to a place where we we both, we love each other. I, I think I can speak for him, too. And, like, there's a lot there that's good. But we got into, like, legal battles. And what legal battles do is they force you, force you. You have to list all the bad things about the other person in like court documents. And you start looking for the bad in each other. This, I mean, like this is a pretty common thing. So, you know, if I'm driving and my, I'm like, oh my God, oh wait, buckle your seatbelt. You know, like, cause I drove right. away from the house and he didn't buckle the seatbelt. I'm like, no, 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 you have to buckle your seatbelt. I'm like, oh my God, I drove 10 feet with an unbuckled seatbelt. Oh my God, he's going to find out. And then that's like another black mark against me. So now not only do I have the voices in my head saying, be perfect, be perfect, be perfect. I'm like my, my partner, my person who always made me feel like I was good enough is on the other side of that, looking for the things that are wrong. And this is, I'm not saying that he's, no, he's I know, bad he's or he's doing that. This is, this is the nessus, this, yes, even if that's not the case and he's not actually looking for the bad, which I don't think he but actually in is, in my mind, I yeah. have to now be this next level, like whatever the single mom who's just killing it. And I'm not, I'm not killing it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, get, I'm like holding it together, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, and I miss him. That's the worst mm. part, you know? Oh, my God, I'm going to cry on your podcast. <laughs> Is he seeing anyone? No, I don't think so. That's the hard, That would be really hard for me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I wonder. I used to, Adam was going through a little bit of a health thing, and 
He's so private, so I'm not allowed to talk about anything with him. But <laughs> he has the he, wrong <laughs> wife. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't tell him that, though. Whoops. I don't want to be. <laughs> I'll be moving in with you soon, Jordan. <laughs> he was going through a thing. So I noticed that he was really withdrawing. And I'm also kind of crazy and paranoid. And so I, in my mind, was like, he must be having an affair or something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really think that, but this is the craziness, right? And from someone who's kind of withdrawing, that's what I used to leap to. And my fantasy was that we would get divorced. I would have Sabrina. I'd be living in my little apartment. And then I'd have to drop Sabrina off at Adam's fancy big house. Mm -hmm. And his like very young wife, who of course would be a very successful actress, (laughs) would would be like the stepmother. Mm Mm-hmm. And and that was something that haunted me for years. Yeah. And I don't know why it took me so long to figure out that that was actually my mom's story. And I was a little girl and she was in the apartment working a minimum wage job, going back to law school. And yeah, and that my, you know, and she'd pick me up at my dad's house and it'd be like Christmas morning and he would, it would be like Toys R Us. And then we'd go back to her little place. Hot. Imagine how she felt. I know. But I'm assuming yeah. that n- that you— But now were, I know where you that understand. Yeah. Yes. To, like, get where that fear was coming yeah. from. I was like, actually, I was afraid of recreating my childhood yeah. as my— Yeah. But from the position of my mother. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and also, let's be frank. We live in L.A., and, like, that's not that uncommon. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> that, that, I know. That there's, like, the starter wife and that the—, the Successful TV I, can you producer. Believe I'm the starter wife. I'm the starter wife. You are. I am. I mean, I, that's just a fact. It's crazy. Divorce is humbling. It'll mm. take you down a notch. Also, I have heard from. It's it's interesting because I feel like I'm now like the voice of divorce for a lot of people. Like m- none of my friends, I, a couple, but like most of my friends are are with their their partners. And but since I've been writing about this, so. Many women have contacted me either because they just got divorced or like to offer me support. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of them who are like, I don't know how to leave my husband. I need to leave my husband. And I don't know how. And seeing you do it and survive it is making me feel like it's possible, which is an interesting position to be in. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to be like spreading divorce wherever I go, right. like raindrops, you know, but I want Because it is contagious. It's contagious. Because there was you, that study about like the groups of friends. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't they, know Start that. getting divorced and then- But it's just, because you just see someone do it and you're like, oh, you you actually <sighs> don't die. <sighs> like you, Because I remember when this all started happening, I was like, how do you even, like, what do you do? Like, what's like step one? Like, what do you- that's so funny. I felt that way about marriage because everyone around me was divorced and my mom's oh, on really? her third marriage. Yeah, everyone's divorced in all my sites. And you came from a family where nobody's divorced. Nobody's divorced. And your husband's family wasn't divorced. Exactly. So I was like, I don't even know. And I had no template, nobody to ask for advice. So now when these women reach out, I literally have things I can tell them. Like, here's what you do. Like, if if it really isn't working out and like, Definitely give it a shot, but, like, it's okay. And what's what's kind of lovely is starting to realize that for so long it's felt like, you know, our story. And and he and I have, have a beautiful story. You know, it's very fairy tale, and, and, and it, it's really hard to 
like puncture the fairy tale. Yeah. But what I've realized is it's not our story. It's my story. Like this is my story. And it always was. And I just didn't realize that for a while. And his story is his. And ours, you know, they came together. And But really, they were what they were all along. So the ping of fear that comes up in me when you say that is that existential crisis of I'm truly always alone. So how, like the beautiful way of saying it is, this is my story, this Uh is my life. And Uh then the scary, anxious way of saying that is, I'm alone. There's no one to bear witness to the things. The things happen to me and they happen and I am there to experience them and no one else is. And it can make them feel less real. Because there isn't someone else there. Yeah. That was, my childhood was a little bit like that. Because, well, I have the internet there. Right. I was like, you, I actually, I don't, yeah, well, there's a lot of people there. There's a lot of people there, but that's also, you choose and curate what of you course, share. Of course. But the bearing witness thing, like, I was an only child until I was in third grade. And then I had a half brother. And then much later, I had a half sister. And then I had two stepbrothers later. But oh. nobody, was there with me to bear witness, like as a young child growing up with my parents. Me neither. Yeah. And so like to that's interesting to like not, I wish someone had been there because sometimes I feel a little like I was crazy or like I, that I misremember things yes. or it would have been nice to have someone. Yeah, it would have just been nice, right? Well, but, I see my kids like they're like close in age siblings and it does. It, well, they, ugh, I mean, the fighting. God, they fight. But it does look like they have their own language and, you know, I, and I definitely, they're going to grow up and be like, oh God, remember how mom was so blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, she's the worst, you know, so they'll, they'll be able to complain about me together. Right. <laughs> no, I did. Yeah. You're welcome, Sabrina. That I no, gave when, you I, when I think about things about when I think about my parents, you know, things that made me mad mm-hmm. as a kid, I'm like, was that like what? I, I don't know. There's no one to like bounce that off of. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, I, you think that your experience was like totally normal, even if it wasn't, you know? Anyway, feelings, feelings, feelings. One thing that I love in your book, I want to keep saying fat. I know this is a series now, like we're doing the third and the the big activity book, the big activity book series. The fat was an addition by our publisher to the first one. Okay. So I'm not totally crazy. No, you're not totally crazy. Wanting to say the title. Right. I can, I can imagine like in future books, like there will be other moments when we insert an extra word. (laughs) So the big activity book for anxious people, one of the things I found so fun about is realizing that these little quirky things that drive me crazy that I'm not the only one. And I had so much fun. Like, okay, so on page 128, everyone, you all share a, a personal, like, can't handle list. Yeah. Which is, I was laughing so hard about the quote. It's like, I'll just follow you in my car. <laughs> right? Like, that one <laughs> makes me crazy. 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 Yeah. But then when my girlfriend will not ride in anyone else's car. Like, she always has to drive. Which oh, I also God, think really? is like her own crazy. That is crazy. I mean, I love being a passenger because yeah. I go to sleep. <laughs> I don't care who's driving or for how long. I'm out. <laughs> and then so what was the process like in coming up with this with Aaron since you guys are bi-coastal? Yeah, it's cool. It's weird writing a book with someone, right? Especially when you're not 
next to each other. Yeah. Well, we so with the first one, we sort of figured out our process. And it's actually not that hard because there's really no narrative structure. <laughs> it's not like a story that, right. you know. Which so, was my problem with my <laughs> Calm the Down book was like, it was like a memoir. And it was, that was really hard structurally. Yeah. Yeah. Memoirs are hard. You're still there. You're still in it. And <laughs> by the no way, ending. people don't really care about memoirs if you're not a celebrity. Oh, I wrote two of them. I'm aware. <laughs> and like my mom bought them. And I think that's about it. No, not true. <laughs> and you had real check of glam. Like yeah, but, it was like but, a whole thing. I only let one agent see it. And her response was like, so what is this? Is this a book about like not making it as an actor? Is this a book about cancer? Is this about like, what is this book about? And I was like, it's about me. anxiety. It's about me. <laughs> and and, I, and her, her client was Nick Offerman. And and I was like, you know, like Nick Offerman talks about a ton of stuff. And she's like, but he's Nick Offerman. And I was like, uh, I was like, I will be your first non-celebrity <laughs> celebrity memoir. <laughs> she was like, and then I put it in a drawer yeah. and I never, you know, haven't looked back. I The first uh, writing agent I ever met with was years ago. Like I had just started and I was like pitching her this Basically, the story of me. Yeah. And she was like, cool. Yeah, that should probably be like your sixth book. <laughs> like after you do something that people actually want to read. <laughs> like, I'm sure you're, you're lovely. I know. I'm sure know. you're very interesting. And I was like, but I went to a meditation retreat. This was like into that. This was years and years ago before like yeah. all the crazy. Now there's like wait lists of 600 people at Spirit Rock because everybody in – Silicon Valley is doing it. I thought it was interesting, but apparently the structure of like watching me fall on my face trying to figure out different ways to heal myself wasn't fascinating enough, which turns into the podcast. So it's fine. But it's fine. Yeah. And also like the most anxious, you know, clearly I have anxiety about rejection because it's like one person says no. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to just do a whole different thing now for the rest of my life. Well, I I mean, we both, we have a shared past with the acting thing. Like it's PTSD. Like the rejection for years, like every single day. And I think if you're not an actress, you don't kind of, it's hard to understand the amount of emotional, uh, so say, like I remember I was Mm -hmm. auditioning to play, um, I really specialized in like drug addicted hookers for a while. That was like my. surprising to me. I, yeah. Because you were so skinny. I, yes. Well, I was anorexic back then. So (laughs) I was very skinny. (laughs) Yes. Um, But, but I also, I think I was just able to act. I think I was really depressed. Like this was a dark time in my life. And even though I looked like chipper and blonde and actressy, I was like, I was a mess. Like a mess. So I had really dark things that I could access, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I was auditioning for one of many. I was on heroin and I was like, I was a stripper and I had to like strip in the audition. Oh yeah, I'm sure that would not happen today. But it happened this year. Maybe. But the amount of emotional work I put into this audition and you have to go into such a like dark place while you're preparing. And then they're like, oh no, we went with, you know, you're blonde and we needed a brunette. And you're like, (gasps) Yeah. Like I just, I just like destroyed my emotional self for mm-hmm. like five days preparing for this. And, but that happens over and over and over mm-hmm. and over mm-hmm. and over. And if you listen to our first conversation together, you'll hear all about Jordan's heart wrenching experience. And oh my God, as an actor, I'll just give them a hint that has to do with Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. And the last time we talked, I was still too raw 
to share my most traumatic experience. I think I can share it now, though. Although it still gives me anxiety because it came full circle. Because you talk about how you have a hard time writing until you've figured things out and you feel good about them, right? And I think that's also like— Or until you've processed what it— meant and what where it where it led it might not have led to something good but you need to know the Mm -hmm. circle like the story's circle Mm -hmm. and so i had auditioned for a very small role in a tv pilot that my husband had written and i had auditioned for like the leads which was like scary to go in and And he's there yeah and read in front of my husband and all of his colleagues. But that was just for the experience. But then there was this one really small part that I was like, oh, well, maybe this will be it. So then we put me on tape. The studio said yes. And I was told that I would go to the table read. Which, by the way, that is impossible. Like, to get the studio, when you get signed off on by the studio. Yeah, you think. That's like the actress's dream. It's just so exciting. Yeah. So then I get a call. and hour before the table read from my husband saying like the network said no they're going with another actress who had less experience than me and was younger than me and it was like the most devastating moment of my life and it did it feel like embarrassing with your husband so, yeah and yeah. he was embarrassed i shouldn't talk about him now i'm going to have a hard time um it was a painful experience. Like, I could see how if if someone wants to be, like, a hater, they'd be like, well, that's nepotism. But I had been working so hard, attempting to be an actor for so long, mm-hmm. and this was such a small thing. And then to be told I don't get to sit at the cool kid table, mm-hmm. and my husband's at the cool, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. the I mean, I remember it, when we it were— it was so painful. I mean, I—, I yeah, and it's painful for you on so many levels. Like it's painful for career stuff, and it's in your marriage, and it was really but, hard. But yeah, I, but I when you finally get your thing, and it gets taken away after years. I was trying to be an actress for years, and I got the thing, and then it just. I mean the the utter panic, like the 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 soul crushingness of it. Yep, is insane. Yeah. And I, had, like, I just want to work. I just, just want to work. And Someone I had recovered from my tumor. Like I was like, I had like relearned how to walk. Oh and it was God. one of those things where like I had kind of built it up in my mind that like, well, now I deserve it. Like yeah. I've had enough pain. Like this yeah. is going to be my chance. And then to get it. And then to be told to get that call from him and then to be, you know, most of it's in my mind, but just what felt like being ostracized, you know, yeah. you're just like, oh. And then he's going there every and day. And he's going there every day and every night and mm-hmm. trying to talk and about it. And you were almost part of that yeah. experience. It was horrible. Horrible. Okay, so fast forward to this year. You know, this is like seven years later. We sell a show based on the podcast to the network that had not let me do the pilot. Stop. So I got to go in to the network and pitch our idea, and it's me. It's like ba- the character is like based on me. Wait, are you and playing this family, character? No, but I was going to write it with you know with Adam. We co-created it, and it was it's like basically based on my 
family and my life in like kind of a roundabout sitcom way. Which turns out is interesting enough, agent. And so suddenly to have the president of comedy at ABC buy it in the room. I mean, of course now, because it's Hollywood. It's on hold, everybody. We're going to see what happens. Because she left. She went to Netflix. Hollywood. Everybody left that had bought Dude, it. Dude, I had a so TV show that they ordered 18 episodes. They're like, you're getting on a plane. And then they're like, oh, actually, it's, it's on so hold. Crazy. It's still on hold. It's been two but, years. But it was such an amazing, it was such a healing experience for me. Oh, my yeah. God. To get to go in the room where yeah. it happens. Yeah share our story and then have the president of comedy be like, yeah, let's do this. Oh, and to get paid for it after it was like, so amazing. It was like, Oh wait, no, no. Not only do I get invited to the cool kid table. Like this is my table. Yes. You're the boss. You're like, I'm the one who you're not trying to get a little, little part, some little part that was Mm -hmm. actually like, not a, I'm not going to, I'm going to keep it, but let's just say the part was not something that I want to, like, put out in the universe anyway. And then that I got to create something for so many years through the podcast and then share my enthusiasm about, like, the struggles that moms go through and, like, what we're trying to figure out. And And in, like, a positive way that says what you want to say. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, Redemption. Redemption. So good. But sometimes it takes that redemption before you can share. Because I still will have that shame sort of like, oh, oh. being not good enough. Like, well, oh. after Sunny, I had years when I couldn't, I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't, like, if the, there were billboards everywhere. And it was my ex-boyfriend. And then he ended up marrying. And you were the lead. I was the female lead. And then he had me fired because we broke up. And then he married the other the woman he hired to recast me, who's wonderful. Who looks a lot like you. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. Um, <laughs> that was my one rule with Adam about that pilot. <laughs> I mean, I'm lucky that it didn't move forward after the pilot. Like, shot the pilot, and then it was done. Oh, really? And then I met that girl who played my years later, and I was still so pissed off because she— it was the excuses that had been made about why her made zero sense when I met her. And anyway— I'm sure she's lovely, but the one rule I was like, if she looks like me, I will kill you, which is not fair to every other blonde actress out there. There, there, there is like, like a 90% chance she's going to look like you. Anyway, <laughs> right? And just in a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, that's the the drama. And yeah, you but you have to it. get to a point when you feel it shouldn't be that way. But I personally had to get to a point where I was like really – cool with what I was doing with my life yes, and felt like I had my own independent accomplishments that I was just as proud of as I would have been to be on the show. But I couldn't, but during the years when I was literally like literally under my like desk Mm -hmm. doing HR, Mm -hmm. I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't think, I couldn't like, I had to just put it out of my head because it was too painful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it goes back to, like, owning our story, right? Like you were saying earlier. Yes. Which is why I talk about it so much now. Yeah. Because, trust me, I have people being like, oh, my God, she's she's just so wants to be an actress, and she's just, like, still holding on to that, whatever. And and I get it. Like, it's it's fine. But I know. I know. But I talk about it so much because I think it's – I want to own, like, that part of my story. I am a failed actress. Awesome. I say it all the time. I, I, it's like, yeah. <laughs> no, I say I'm a recovering actress. 
I like that better. During my dark, dark period <laughs> after. I'm recovering actress. I'm, I'm going to steal actress. that from That's you. That's fine. You better credit me. I will. <laughs> okay. Uh, you do she, copyright. No, just be like, Tom my Bums. friend Ellie says, yeah, because you know, Dr. Shafali Sabari always says the thing about Tribunal of Assholes. And I'm like, can you just say my name when you say that? <laughs> I don't have much. Just give me that. Just give me that. But I was a recovering actor because I remember sobbing about how I – it was like I was an alcoholic and my husband – I was trying to quit acting and I was an alcoholic and it was like my husband ran a bar. Yeah. Because our whole yes. life was the industry. Yes. And Ugh. when we had gotten married – you were both struggling kids, I assume. Yeah, yeah, like he had sold one thing, but I didn't know that – or he he had sold a few things, I guess, but like nothing had been made mm-hmm. when we met. And I had a healthy ego at the very beginning. Like I was going to do this. Yeah. And I was going to like help support him. Mm-hmm. And then it just kept – like he kept chugging along and I kept like not – getting any and then you're seeing how exciting and it's true like when you start coming up in hollywood or whatever all of a sudden you're just like i saw it like with sunny like during that period when i was the lead actress of Mm -hmm. like a major show yeah it was crazy it was like you're the most popular kid in the room and i'm assuming it felt like everyone wanted to talk to him Oh, yeah. Well, it felt and like that for like, years, right? Of course, yeah. And also, if you say you're an actress, like uh, nobody wants to talk to you, nobody. right? Nobody. Because there's just a, it, like reeks of desperation. Mm-hmm. And they're just waiting for you to like <clears throat> ask them for a part or something. Right. Like, yeah. So I, I also didn't have something that lit me up. And I think that that was the other huge shift for me. It's like finding something that I really did care about mm-hmm. that I could be in control of. Mm-hmm. Yes. The control. I feel like that's another thing, like as a recovering actress, like this the intense desire to control your own narrative because I was so sick of waiting for someone else to let me work. And that's why the blog, and I'm assuming the podcast mm-hmm. similarly, mm-hmm. I was like, yes, oh my God, I can just work well, and yeah, I can just put my voice workers. out and do it and do it and do it every day. And it and it was like yeah. life-changing. And Well, I saw in one of your posts when you, like the day you're moving, you were doing a photo shoot, which I get is also like a part of oh, work. Yeah, like yeah. I'm sure you have a calendar and like people have expectations. But I also know that like that's we're a similar breed where like if, I always do like the biggest projects like right when my life's falling apart. Mm-hmm. Like that's when I do it. It's like look over here. Like I'm really good at distracting myself with the work. Oh, yeah. And this is limitless work. <laughs> it's it not is. always it, subsidized, it, it's, but it's, it's like It goes endless. on and on and on. Yeah, yeah. My therapist said to me yesterday that um, she was like, you, you, you don't really have authentic feelings. Whoa. And I was like, huh? And I was like, but I like write about like the, I mean, so much like the pain and I'm really good at labeling like mm-hmm. what's going on. She's like, but there's a difference between being open and being authentic. You are open, and this is she is she's absolutely right. I am open as a distracting technique, like um, writing about the pain in this, and like coming up with like beautiful lyrical ways to express. Yeah. And oh, it's true, like I'm not you're lying. So good, but writing about it is easier than feeling it. It it's a way keeps of me from you. feeling it. That's yeah. absolutely accurate. But I gotta say, when I read your one blog post, and I'm totally again for. 
listeners for years I've been describing it this way I'm like Chris Farley like and then this one time like when you're like in the movies and then this one blog post where you you and your husband were separating and you describe how you had been so intimate and that all of a sudden you were looking at him it was as though it was through a periscope Mm -hmm. and like the distance between you Mm -hmm. and I was like that is so good. Thank you. So awful <laughs> and so good. But it but feels yeah. so good. It It's like, yeah, like that was a horrible moment in my life. And writing about it and coming up with, as because as a writer and it, it, it's such a high when you're like, yes. And you like land on the perfect mm-hmm. way to express like, and it's just, and it's such a, it feels so good. So it's a drug. I'm like taking mm-hmm. a drug to numb what's mm-hmm. actually going on. And I think that in some ways it's very healthy, like right, the, all the writing and processing mm-hmm. and stuff. And in other ways, it's a distraction, yeah, in a really big way. God, this is a therapy session. This is amazing. I'm having realizations. Well, go tell Dak <laughs> Shepard to knock off his armchair expert stuff because I'm like, I've been doing this fake therapy thing for years. I have, I literally, I've already cried. I've had major life realizations. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm like a little nervous. I'm like, this is some personal We'll shit. both have a shame spiral later. I'm, okay, so with this book launch, mm-hmm. with your, well, okay, with your last book launch, I remember reading a blog post about how you had like a panic attack this goes back to the whole anxiety yeah. theme. You were, were you in like Nantucket or the Hamptons or something? You were at a bookshop. I'm vaguely oh, yes, remembering yes. this. Oh, I had like a full, well, I used to have panic attacks, like clinical, like specific things happen. They were undiagnosed, but like I had my mm-hmm. weird coping mechanism, like really loud buzzing in my ears and like music. It would, mm-hmm. like whatever song I'd heard most recently would blare in my head, like just bad. And I, but I hadn't had one of those in like, I don't know, like I had other anxiety things, but I hadn't had one of those since I was a teenager. And then, yeah, I was sitting in a coffee shop in the Hamptons with my co-author and her mom and my daughter. And all of a sudden I was like, uh, you need to take her, take her, take her, take her. And I just was like, I have to get out of here and, and left the coffee shop and had, yeah, like a full panic attack. I don't remember. I think I came to a realization about why it wasn't that post. Do you remember? No. <laughs> I, feel like I read I did, it when I was very pregnant. I did have a, I did have like closure about that. I think it was maybe it was like so get much. it. Like it was just so much. And it was like finally getting it's like you get what you want and then you're like, I'm gonna I'm just gonna fuck this up. Like and and I just felt especially as, as a former actress, it's like you're always on this razor edge of losing everything. And like, I stress out so much about as a single mom, I get, how do I support my kids? And I have to get, you know, my health insurance. And like, there's just, there's no safety net of like someone with a stable income because mine is all over the place. But then when I think about it, I've been doing this for 10 years. I have always made it work. So why can't I accept that? and feel confident in that. And I think it's probably because the actor stuff, I'm not sure, but I'm convinced with every job that it's probably my last. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, but it's never, it never has been. So what are we doing? 
I, is this common? Do you feel this? Yeah, I don't think it's just the acting thing. I think a lot of listeners who aren't actors would also feel that way with anything with freelance. Or- freelance, anything creative, yeah. But also we're so in, we're, it's like we are in control. What does your therapist say about like liking yourself? Because this is reminding me of a, a post you did when you are moving <laughs> and you, oh God, we have so many similarities. Ugh. I kind of do feel like I'm talking to myself. Mm. It's really funny. I'm actually a shapeshifter. <laughs> Um, surprise. surprise. You were talking about moving and how girlfriends were coming over. Oh, yeah. This is before you were moving down to L.A. And it was like your last night in your house and how girlfriends were coming over to say goodbye and how you were – you don't know why you're surprised, but that you're surprised that people would notice or want to make a thing about you leaving. Mm-hmm. And then the other – interesting thing about that is you do mention in parentheses, but I also get that like through the blog, it's all look at me, look at me, look at me kind of thing. And what is that? Because I've got the same thing. It's like this, I'm tap dancing. And at the same time, I'm very surprised. When you get applause or if anyone looks up and sees you. In like the genuine way. Or wants, just like genuinely wants to see you. And isn't just like, watching you as like a quick entertainment bubble. Right. Or yes. when people do reach out, I want the applause so badly. And then if I get, if I even hear this, I kind of shut off and run away. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have, I don't know. It's a chicken or the egg thing with the blog. It's like, was I just, did I just enjoy performing the life beforehand? And that's why I fell into this. Or have I just, yeah, I feel like I'm tap dancing all the time and putting on, um, but it's weird because I am telling the truth and mm-hmm. all the stuff I'm writing about, it's not like no, I'm, and you're I'm so gifted. making something up. You're writing. No, I'm just so you. jealous. No, thank you. Yeah. I'm um, really jealous of the way that you are able to express. Thanks. It's just because I've been doing it for a really long time. <laughs> It's not only that. Well, I said that I said that early on. Someone was like, how do you find your voice as a writer? And I was like, well, if you write all the time, you have to write in your voice because anything else would just be too exhausting. How do you not edit yourself to death? I don't. It's weird, right? Um, that might be – I think blog posts tend to come out fully formed which is like that might just be a lucky That's thing. That's amazing because I was like, there's no way she is editing this to death if she just, is just in the middle. Of, she's yesterday. like writing this like with moving boxes like on her yeah. mattress. Like there's no way that she's spending a lot of time. It just, but it does come out so beautifully. Did you read the one that I wrote when I thought the plane was crashing? No. I was on a plane and like a really weird mechanical failure happened and it like listed all the way to the right. And like the plane was like, it was, it was like really not good. And I'm like holding on to my kids and like things are flashing through my head. And then it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. I'm, I'm live. It's fine. And then while still on the plane, I used Wi-Fi to write a post on the plane about Dying. the experience. And like, yeah, that's weird. I know. I know. But I get it. But it, that was my way of once again, running away from the fear by finding 
It's like if you express it perfectly, you can get it out and then you can feel the good feeling of of pressing publish and there's my drug. But it's also having been seen. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And in that moment in particular, I was very frightened and felt very yeah. alone. And it, if I'm up in the sky sending down my, you know, missive right. to planet Earth, definitely. You get one last word out. Yeah. Honestly, I when I went— Oh my God, we were we were going for spring break for two weeks and we had a bunch of flights. And I was like, well, I should let Owen know to just go ahead and post this one for me. Oh, my Jesus. sound engineer in New York. Like, because I'm like, thinking, like, I'm like is that, that what I really want my last one to be? <laughs> You're like talking about poop like, in it or something. Anxiety. Like, <laughs> yeah. How crazy anxiety making is this? The idea of like, well, like how would I have Adam come on the podcast to tell everyone I died? Like, oh, yeah. what? <laughs> like weird. But then things like that happen. And then you're on Instagram and then you see someone who's 35. We are not helping anyone with anxiety no, right now. Oh, my God. Wait. You're okay. We're here. <laughs> you're okay. Everything okay. will be fine. But but this is but this is the thing. It I feel like be. it is so it, it won't be. I feel like it is so important and that is a big reason why we wrote the book is that especially in the age of Instagram and it's perfect and everyone's perfect 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 it feels so isolating to have this to have this anxiety especially if you feel like you're not allowed to show it and especially as a young mom i found with my first child i thought i had to be this like westchester mm-hmm. something and like be like if i met a new mom i like hit all my crazy and <laughs> and then when i moved to california i was like that didn't work i'm going to lead with the crazy i'm going to like go in full with the crazy. And that's how I made my real friends. Because it was just knowing that this is, this is, this is, we all feel it. Like my best friend and I have morning check-ins. How broke do we feel today? Like, I feel really broke today. How do you feel? And she's like, so broke. (laughs) And then we can laugh about it. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas if, if I just pretended everything was groovy, it does me a disservice and it does her a disservice, you know? You had written in a mashable.com essay. I read my mashable. It's that called How I Learned to Be My Authentic Self Online. I forwarded that to my therapist this morning. <laughs> Does she charge you extra? No. Like when she has to read your things off? No, because she was saying, you're open, you're not authentic. I was like, funny you should say that. Technically, according to Mashable, I am. Yeah, I'm still want to like <laughs> dig into. The, I, tell her I need a further explanation of this open versus authentic. Okay, so I'm going to read this quote. This you were talking about blogging, mm-hmm. but it applies to new it motherhood does too. apply to new motherhood, as you mm-hmm. just said. So it's the quote is: "It is important, you see, to keep up appearances, especially when you operate in a world where appearances are currency." And so there's a dance you do. You are relatable, so real, but, you know, still hireable, which means you must only permit yourself to be real in very specific, very socially acceptable ways. Yep. That, I think, might be the difference between being open and being authentic. I I think so. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. Jordan and Ellie. (laughs) Okay, just for the listeners who are not on Instagram and won't see me flipping through this book on Insta Stories, everyone just join Instagram. Just please like 
follow Atomic Moms. I really want to get that swipe up button. Oh, yeah. You need 10K, right? Yeah, I need 10,000. The swipe up is, it's everything. I need it. It's good. Yeah. Okay. So listeners just join. Everybody follow. Everybody follow. But how would you describe this book quickly for those who can't see it? Oh, while they're listening right now. That's a tall order. You know, it's a crossword puzzle. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's 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 humorous, but it's also it has like check ins like how anxious are you today? Why will it probably be fine? But it has like color and the soothing grandma, um, a maze that's ride the subway without touching anyone. I don't (laughs) Um, your hotel room carpet, a Petri dish of horrors. That's my personal cannot handle. I travel. I travel a lot for work. I travel with slippers and a blanket and my own pillow for hotels. I'm so icked. I'm just like, I can't with hotels. I feel like Kelly Ripa had a similar thing. Oh, really? It's just about hotels. She washes everything down. Like the TV remote, all that jazz. And I did appreciate reading in your book about Purell or hand sanitizer (laughs) that it's not actually causing big Super bugs. super bugs. No, it's not. Like it's not causing big bugs, super bugs. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Like everyone can calm down. Just use hand sanitizer. It's great. Yeah. It doesn't and, prevent norovirus, however. Oh, I we know. should say that. I know. I know that <laughs> and from extensive knew? personal How history. We, I mean, norovirus. Dude, that I didn't even know about that until I became a parent. No. I was in the bath a few months ago. I was just in the bath like a normal person laying in a bath. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God. And I sat up and still in the bath. I was still in the bath leaned over my toilet and just vomited. And I was like, that was weird. <laughs> and then I just got back in the bath. And that was it. I was lucky because that was a short one. But and it was so contained. And it was so <laughs> contained. I was like, literally, like, <laughs> I was clean from start to finish. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, listeners, go check out ramshackleglam.com. You're going to go, you're going to have years and years and years and years of content. Oh, if you want to, you're going to do a deep dive. If you do uh, a deep dive, you can literally. Do you know that you can search any topic? And I've written about it at some point. I've tried it. I've been like, what's some like random thing? I've written about things and I forget I've written about them, mm-hmm. and then I write about them again, like a new discovery to me. I've That's been okay. doing this for I'm sure so it's long. Different. No, I literally was like, oh my god, you guys. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, you guys. I discovered this amazing brand of press on nails. And my and a reader, she was like, hey, Jordan, um, you literally discovered this amazing brand of press-on nails in like 2011. And I know that because I took your recommendation and I've worn them ever since. And I was like, I have no memory of that. No, I know. I didn't re-listen to our first conversation. Maybe it was the exact same it one. might have been the same. I don't think so. <laughs> it was probably the I, same one. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think not, we, not your end. My oh, end, I'm oh, sure. your end. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I said was probably the same. Okay, everyone, also pick up the big activity book for anxious people. You can find it wherever books are sold, also at AtomicMoms.com. Go buy our Atomic Moms t-shirts. I'm figuring it out. I think it should be on our website by now, at AtomicMoms.com. All right. Jordan, thank you so much for coming into the studio. Thank you. I feel like I need to like go have a drink or something. This was really emotional. <laughs> Maybe I'll have a espresso. But instead, you're just going to drive, what, six, seven hours? That's right. With your instead, kids? I'm going to drink two ginormous Red Bulls, and I'm going to take a six-hour drive for custody visitation. <laughs> this is a great day. <laughs> go, mama. All right, everybody. Until next week, trust in your goodness. Live out your greatness. Or, you know, take a nap. Rock on, Atomic Moms. <laughs> <laughs>